always spooked by the asteroids around me, but then I had lucked out when three chums had found me. We gotta go see these mechanicals at the center of the universe. The butcher, the baker, the candle maker. The butcher, the baker, the candle maker. The butcher, the Welcome to this episode of The Butcher, The Baker, The Candle Maker in Space. How's everybody doing tonight? Joining me is Baker. How to do? And Pantagruelia. Hello, space friends. And... I'm trying to figure out, like, a, a regular... I know you have, like, howdy do and Jess says greets, everyone. And I never know what to say. So I'm trying space friends. And mine's just something... We all say in the South, it's not something I come up with. Hee haw, I think, started that. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it's, uh, it's good to have variety. Yeah. I, well, I don't have any of that Southern charm, right? It's all Northern chilliness. <laughs> She's battering my teeth. I don't, I don't know. You're in, you're in Southern Canada. I am. I am. Southern Canadian charm. You have sent me some Canadian hillbillies, and there's some <laughs> Southern charm going on. Hey, bud. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> bud. See, I've never heard anyone bud. say bud that wasn't from the Midwest here. Yeah, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Hey, buddies. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you yeah, do that right. at the end. See you in space, buddies. <laughs> yeah. See, oh, this is baby. this is why we miss Pentagrilia when she doesn't oh, get it. Put your pants back on, fellas, because I listened to that show. <laughs> it's it's always nicer when me and Ray have our pants on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It is cold up here already, so I'm I've got like two pairs of pants on. I'm freezing. Yeah, fortunately we we got over our little cold spell, and so it's been pretty reasonable. So, um, I'm I'm not ready yet. I'm I am not a fall fan. No. No, and even less of a winter fan. So. Yep. Same frost crystals everywhere here. Yeesh. You also get a lot of frost crystals when you uh, start a permadeath character on a frozen planet. Yes. <laughs> Which is where it feels like I'm living right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've been, I've been doing a lot of test runs, uh, trying to uh, come up with a, uh, you know, a plan for the uh, space only challenge. Um, and so I've uh, I've been on a lot of starter planets lately and uh it uh that is the one place that I do prefer cold planets. Really? It is. Um I I seem to have my best starts on on a frozen planet, so You know, some of it is that uh you know, frozen planets seem to have a lot more buildings. Um, also frozen planets have, uh, dioxide. 
which oh. you can use to re, uh, replenish your uh, your health. So that does make it handy. So you don't have to find as much oxygen. Oxygen is a little tough to find sometimes when you first start out. So, but <laughs> unfortunately I'm finding that the space only challenge, even in permadeath, not that challenging. Oh no. Um, it, it's actually probably the easiest way to start a game uh, in permadeath. Because once you get the radiant pillar um, up and running, you're done. You don't have to worry about hostile animals. You don't have to worry about the elements. Um, you you don't have to worry about recharging your launch thrusters. You don't have to re worry about uh, replenishing your hazard uh, protection or your um, health bar. None of it. It's all gone. Your ship is is inherently strong because the Radiant Pillar has uh, the photon cannon uh, and rockets. And so, you know, uh, space pirates don't really cause much concern. And, uh, you know, the, the, the only challenge that it really presents is that uh, the Radiant Pillar doesn't have a lot of storage. And so when you start pirating, um, you have to make a lot of trips uh, because you can only clean out three or four um, freighters uh, before you have to run back and, and sell it somewhere. So it was, uh, it was a little bit disappointing. So I did discover that you, you know, originally I had uh, intended on you know, once you leave the uh, the starter system, uh, that you never, you know, go to a planet again, uh, except that uh, in order to get the space anomaly to uh, to come in, uh, you have to, when you go to the second system, you have to uh, go on the planet to get a, um, a fuel cell from a monolith. And you have to land at Artemis's ship um, to be able to get the uh, the space anomaly to spawn. So, um, so I was planning on just changing that to, you know, you can't land on a planet once the uh, space anomaly spa spawns. Mm. But it was already too easy at that point. I mean, it just there's there's no challenge to it at, at all, really. It was kind of disappointing. And this is where you have to implement the uh, the floor is lava rules that you can't actually touch the ground. Yeah. And, well, and I, exp I extended it even further because uh, um, I, I had gone as far as saying that you couldn't even enter an atmosphere. Oh, my goodness. So. But even that became unnecessary. Because, uh, you know, once you start, uh, you know, usually when I start a character, I'll, you know, I'll gather some cobalt and then I'll turn it into ionized cobalt and then multiply it with oxygen. Um, 
And so I get my eight stacks of cobalt and then, you know, start crashing systems. Um, but with very little effort, you can get enough nanites to get yourself the economy scanner, uh, which lets you find the black market uh, systems. And then you start, you know, raiding uh, freighters and your money comes in significantly faster than it does when you're crashing systems. I think you're just too good at this game, Ray. That, and I think that the hardest thing in this game is the learning curve. Yeah. 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 Once you know it, it's not really hard anymore. Yeah. Now, you know, that's not to say I didn't have a lot of untimely deaths. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I got a little overzealous, uh, you know, on my way to pick up the hermetic seal and, you know, went up the side of this mountain and uh, ran out of jetpack jet power. And um, it was a very, very steep mountain. So I fell off and fell all the way down to the bottom and splat, died. Um one so, one so time much. I was, uh, you know, I I just started out and I was, you know, quickly gathering up uh, uh, some ferrite dust to be able to repair my scanner. And, uh, you know, so I'm shooting rocks and then there's this big boulder. And, and so I started shooting this big boulder. Um, and this thing was, I mean, it was a, it was big. It was taller than my... Um, you know, my traveler character, you know, the starting character. And uh, so I start shooting it and all of a sudden I see legs pop out from underneath it and then bam, I was dead. So I never even really got to appreciate the creature itself because it killed <laughs> me so fast. But uh, yeah. And then I got chased down by, you know, a dinosaur cat and uh and was killed um because i i burrowed underground you know like you do whenever you're in danger um and uh i was i was deep uh underground and this thing uh glitched into the ground and killed me so it didn't even come down the hole i had you know i dug the hole and then turned around and was ready to shoot it as if it tried to come you know come down the hole but it didn't it just spawned in the, in the space I was in and killed me. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I've never had an ant. Like you've both had that happen, right? Yep. Where animals come down into the ground mm -hmm. or somehow glitch in to kill you. Yep. Or was it, or is it just you that happened both times? Uh, it seems not like it happened. It's ridiculous. I just, it's never happened to me. I've never had an animal glitch into something and kill me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Pantagruli and I do spend a lot of time mole ratting, so. It's the, uh, yeah, it's one true. of the perils of subterranean life. Yep. Yeah, it is It is not danger-free. No. So, but, you know, this, you know, this is definitely scratched an itch i love this the starting sequences of this game and uh you know the 
it is the most challenging part of of No Man's Sky is uh you know is really getting getting started getting all the stuff you need to be able to survive and and uh you know so it, it's a lot of fun there's a lot of uh, tension and and uh it uh it definitely makes it fun Ask Lee about that. I think he went through six before he got one. <laughs> <his radiant door. laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so easy. There's so much that'll kill you. You know, when you're, when you first yeah. start out and you've got, you know, no hazard protection, you know, to speak of it's, you know, and you know, heaven help you if you don't find a cave immediately because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, a challenge to find enough sodium to keep yourself alive um, otherwise, and, uh, yeah. And then stuff tries to kill you. There's yeah. always something trying to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things, so if you know, I've, I've done the, uh, the no starter ship challenge before, uh, where you, you know, see how long it takes you to, um, to get a ship without, um, you know, acknowledging the radiant pillar. And, you know, one of the things that you never really think about, um, you know, in normal gameplay is, is that uh, once you get outside, I don't know what's the what the bubble size is, uh, but once you get outside of the bubble, uh, you know, the starting bubble, uh, everything is, you know, planted as normal. So, um, you know, if if you can start on a on a um a hostile sentinel planet you know aggressive sentinels uh, and they don't bother you when you're inside the you know the starting bubble but once you get outside you know it's you know free game same thing with you know if you if you're you know trucking across the planet and you start you know mining uh once you're outside the bubble you know, the Sentinels will come after you if you, you know, if they catch you mining. So. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, most of the time you don't notice because you're just doing the game, you know, the the way that it, uh, you know, is set up. So, you know, you, you go get the Hermetic Seal, you get in your ship and you take off and, and uh, you know, you never really think about it. But you know, those are the those are the fun little pieces of you know, of the mechanics of the game that that come about when you just start doing weird stuff, um, and you know, don't uh, stick to the stick to the script. But other than that, it's really I've been sending my my organic frigates out. I still have I've not spent a lot of time looking for uh, proto gex because I've been doing the the. Uh, you know, the starter runs, but, uh, you know, I've, I've got enough, uh, you know, qualified frigates to be able to send out, uh, my missions, uh, without my, you know, finicky eater. So that one just doesn't get to go out on any trips. Yeah. That's what you get for not eating your vegetables. That's exactly right. <laughs> you put your frigate on timeout. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, that's how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? 
I'd be worried about making pudding all over the outside of my freighter or something. <laughs> they expel some nasty looking stuff sometimes. Yeah, but fortunately, most of it is, you know, either fine particles or gaseous. So it's all good. Those fine, those fine particles are aerosolized. <laughs> Build up over time. Facey, <laughs> yes. <laughs> aerosolized facium thank you for that image baker yeah that's why you guys don't see them but every day there's somebody going out and cleaning off the windshield of the freighters just because of what's on there <laughs> ew <laughs> is it like that that special windshield washer fluid you know. Do they make one for shit? Yeah. Like you get the pink one for bugs and then this one's brown. <laughs> <laughs> for aerosolized facium. Mm. Well, it's not something you put on there. That's something the frigates put on there. And then some poor little geck has to go up there with a huge squeegee and jump up on top and slide all the way down with the squeegee over and oh over. Oh my god, on a little scaffold. With his tiny feet swinging. He wishes he had a scaffold. No, he goes out there with an oversized squeegee and just like sticks himself to the windshield and slides <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> like Mary Poppins with an umbrella. It's a little gick with a squeegee. My gosh. I hope they make get goggles. Oh, yeah. I hope he's got his mouth covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Gex aren't, uh, you know, are well known for their emissions. So, you know, it's not like they can really complain about the uh, the frigates. That's how they get back to the top. <laughs> in our uh, in our chat, we were talking about uh, uh, selling out of your uh, uh, your ship's cargo inventory, and. So it looks like if you're at a trade post, it won't the you know that trade terminal won't access your ship's um, cargo, uh, but at a space station, it did it just fine. Um, so I had uh, uh, because when I started really heavily doing uh, uh, pirate runs, uh, when I got to normal systems and flew into the space station, I was able to sell everything out of the, uh, out of my ship without any trouble. So it takes everything from all of your, from your, all the your... entirety of the ship. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Then I didn't waste those augmentations. Cause I put, I started with the cargo thinking that that was the one I needed to fill up cause it holds more. Right. So that's where I started. And then you were like, well, I don't think I, can... I think you have to move it over from cargo to regular inventory. I was like, Oh God. I almost finished. I think there's like 40 in there now. <laughs> but, I mean, that's good because between the 48 and I don't know how many I've got in cargo, but it's a lot. Yeah, you can get up to 42 in a hauler. Okay. Well, then I'm almost there. I need to flip maybe one or two more ships, then it'll be fully maxed out. And I'm currently filling it with car uh, with uh, Cobalt, and we'll see what happens. But uh, that's good, good to know. I, th I think there's a good chance of crashing it. Oh yeah, for Maybe? sure. Yeah, with in a in a permadeath. Yeah, yeah. I got that's that's what I'm hoping for, right? Because that's but that's good to know that it'll actually 
access all of your inventory on your ship as just one inventory. So I can just sell it as one lump sum and try to crash it. Those should hold 500 units. Well, so that's still in order to hit the 80,000, you need a hundred and, uh, you know, you'd need 160 slots of, uh, of 500. So I think you're still going to be a little short. So let's see if you do, um, yeah, so you can get 21,000 in cargo. And twelve thousand in um, if you if you have all forty eight uh, available. Yeah, so you're still going to be short. I mean, you'll crash it a little bit, so you might be able to get it down to maybe you know forty five or fifty um, percent discount. Uh, but yeah, you need 80,000 80, units to be able to get to the full um, 80% discount. So I'm going to try it either way because I mean, I'm that close to doing it. Yeah. But um, so really crashing the market to try to make money is not the way to go in permadeath. Not in permadeath. Yeah, it takes it just takes too much. Um. Yeah, and it you know having it in your exosuit inventory is not going to help uh, because you know it will you know you'll be selling that at a discount after you've sold your ship's inventory or you know vice versa because they they won't combine together into one inventory um, they have to be sold separately so it'll start to crash the market. Um, and so your, your second sale will be less effective. So really in permadeath, the, you know, what you're going to want to do is take that hauler and, and go out and, you know, raid, uh, for contraband. Oh, and your pirate systems? We're going to talk about those pirate systems when it's my turn. <laughs> well, go for it. <laughs> well, I went to your pirate systems and I started doing some of the missions there, but I never saw any S-Class ships landing in any of the stations I was at. And I went to the ground and it was nothing but C-Class. Every single ship that landed was C-Class. And every pirate system I was in, over and over. That's crazy. To the point... Yeah, I kept jumping and jumping, and I'd spend a bunch of time at one place, and I'd try the station and a, um, a spot on the ground, and um, a trade depot, rather, and then nothing, and then I'd move to the next system, and, and it was always, I never saw a single S-Class anything in any of the systems that I saw, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, mean, I got tired I've, of <laughs> It's when I jumped back to my main system and I was just started flipping them right there and I got all my augmentations I needed in like a day. Yeah. But yeah. That's, it was that's wild because it is so pirate systems have the highest percentage of S class ships of all the systems. 
Is that uh, true in permadeath? Um, well, I mean, it, it should be true across the board. Typically they just, um, you know, they just skew the overall, uh, percentage for permadeath, not anything specific. Um, you know, so it should be just as, you know, just as equitable, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's wild. That's what I was doing this week. I didn't start on Friday. Um, I switched over to my and started like going back to my original systems where I know where the, the S class is a lot and I get some exotics on the second wave. It's really nice there. So I was like, this is where I'm going to go. But I did spend the whole week doing just um, pirating in the systems and doing um, missions and stuff. But anytime I saw a ship fly in, it was a C class. And I just I finally got frustrated and I, I started to get annoyed. And then Lee was like, hey, he's like uh, he saw that I was on. He was like or I jumped on one day and he jumped in with me, I think, on Friday. And we were playing for a while. And I was like, man, I'm just going to go back to my original location and just <laughs> and just do it there. And by the time I stopped playing on Friday night, like 12 p.m., it was midnight or so. I had 44 augmentations and had gone up almost 40,000 nanites from getting rid of the modules. So it's like, it's, you ain't convinced me, Ray. I'm not, I'm not uh, so convinced. now you made me curious. So I'm going to have to, I'll have to check. I'll, I'll take this, you know, um, this uh, challenge character that I've got and run him down to a planet and, and uh, sit on a trade terminal and see if I can get it to flip. So, you know, the, the, the way that I do it is I, you know, when I land, um, so I'll also have to take this character to, uh, unlock the, uh, save beacon, uh, because, uh, because I didn't go back to the starter planet to land on the planet and, and, uh, go to, uh, the, the, computer and get the plans you know the free plans that you get um he doesn't know how to do, build anything so um but so i i i build a save beacon i i land on a trade post i get out uh go in put down the save beacon and make a manual save and then reload the save and you know four ships fly into the to the trade post if, you know, if none of them are S-class, then I reload. And I typically don't have to reload more than two or three times before I've got my first S-class. So I'll have to try that in permadeath. I, now, I always do it in normal mode uh, because that's... Um, you know, I, I, I typically play in normal mode because I can't stand the, you know, the tiny uh, inventory size that I get in permadeath or, uh, or in survival. So, but uh, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll report next episode. Yeah, I just, I could not figure out because I, I remember, I'd say that's the thing is I didn't spend too much time in in the pirate systems in uh, permadeath before now, only in normal. 
And it was just basically because I was looking at solar ships. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying doing these missions. The missions are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a nice change, and it feels nice and gritty compared to those normal the normal space stations. I really like them. Um, and I've been in there before, but it's just like now I'm kind of there all the time. So I remember before in normal getting a lot of S class ships flying, and the uh, solar ships seem like they're almost always at least A class. And now it's just like everything that flies in is a C every single time. Mm. And I got, it really bummed me out because I was like, man, I'm going to just like only pirate systems from now on. And then after a day or two and then three, I was like, there's <laughs> no damned ass classes in this. He was messing with me or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also it led me back to thinking to myself, it's like, are there sections of galaxies, like clouds, areas and stuff? Because I was only jumping around like a hundred light year, you know, 500 max. But is there other sections where things are different or is this just on, is it really just a system by system basis? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I have to, I have to look at that and see. Um, I know that, you know, there's certainly, a, there's, there's some pirate systems that I've been to that, you know, seem to have a lot of, um, S class in a lot of variety of ships. Um, and some of them that will only have like, you know, one or two models that'll come in S class. So there's gotta be some kind of, of randomness to it on how it assigns that. Yeah. That's what I figured too. I figured, honestly, I thought it was just each system you jump into, it's just RNG. Whatever happens, that's what pops up. But I can't figure out. Or maybe I'm hitting. What's the equivalent of a C class system? C class system in a pirate system. How do you even know? Are there, yeah, are you, there lower tier? Is uh, there any way of finding out once you're in them? No. Like, or is it? Are they all the same? And I'm just like hitting some real shit luck here. I just can't figure it out. Yeah, I I think they're the same. I don't know of any distinction between the different uh, pirate systems. I think they are just a you know an entity unto themselves. So you know they're not. I don't think you get like a a, a tier one system, tier two system, or tier three system in pirates. I think it's just okay. pi- just just pirate. Well, I mean, or it's black fine. market places. I've got places to get ships. I've got places to get nanites, so I'm not even worried about that. Uh, augmentations, rather. So, I mean, like, I'm still enjoying the missions a lot. I'm enjoying playing piracy in permadeath, because actually going out and hunting down other pirates, it is a lot more fun mm-hmm. in permadeath. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there is that that chance that, you know, if they hit you a few times and you're not prepared for it, or you can't turn enough, game over forever. So it does give you that feeling each time you go out. Um, so I'm definitely going to keep up with it, but it would be nice to find a system where something pops up more than higher than a B every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> you know, you do have to go into it thinking a little bit differently when you're in dogfights in, in permadeath because, uh, 
you know, most of the time, you know, when I'm in a, in a normal mode playthrough, you know, if I lose three or four ship lives um, in a battle because I don't b bother to uh, to replenish my shields, um, I don't really worry about it. Uh, but in permadeath, you definitely, you know, as soon as your shield starts to get down, you want to pop it back up. Um, you know, so okay. either have a good supply of uh, sodium or uh, some uh, ship shield batteries. I always, always go for those ship shield batteries whenever I see them selling somewhere. Mm -hmm. I grab them every single time because I think I've got a couple hundred now on my ship. Ooh. Like, why, oh, wow. why mess around? We got those cargo slots now. <laughs> why mess around? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely handy to have. It's, uh, you know, and if you if you regularly play in permadeath, it becomes a lot more of a habit. Um, you know, but if you play in, in normal mode a lot and then switch over to permadeath, it's easy to get caught. Yeah. Yep. Well, I forget and go because I go the other way. I mostly play permadeath and then I go and I'm too overly cautious in normal. But in permadeath, you know, I keep that huge supply of the shield batteries and I also keep a bunch of those defense chits because, like, not only do we have our squadron that can fly in and help us now if we're in the same system as our freighter, but a defense chit is really nice because you get help from the system. Okay. Uh, so talk about that a little bit because that is something I have never used. Oh, you've never used the defense chit? No. Okay, so um, I I usually get them from rewards and uh, from missions in the anomaly. Yeah. Uh, but you you can get them uh, from I think missions in the space stations too, and so. Well, uh, and you can also get them from shooting down, um, you know, pirate ships. You know, when they oh. give you the the little scan, a lot of you know, you'll end up getting the. Uh, you know, the little uh, box of questionable tech. And when you okay. open that up, occasionally that'll be a defense chit. So I've had plenty of defense chits and sold them. They're very I've never handy. used them. If you're, okay, so if you're in a system and pirates get on you, they scan you, and they give you that, they come up with that little thing at the bottom where you're able to talk to the pirate before they attack you. Mm-hmm. When you go to that menu, it gives you the option of using a defense chit. And when you use that, uh, you get the system, the Sentinel, uh, uh, what are they called? It's like the fighters. What are they called? The drones? Yeah, the little I, Sentinel I, drones. Yep. They fly out and they help you with the pirates. Yeah, just don't shoot them by accident. Yes, they will fight back. <laughs> so don't do that. Yeah. I also found that if you shoot the space station as you're flying into it, they yeah. will fly out and attack you. <laughs> yeah, I've had that before where yeah. I've been mining the asteroid belt just outside the space station and had a few errant shots <laughs> make contact. I was just trying to shoot the space station. But yeah, they will <laughs> come out and attack you. Um, but yeah, no, those it's very handy, um, especially in permadeath. So if you got a stack of batteries on you, you've got those defense chits and you've got a squadron, you know, if your freighter's in the system, you're pretty golden. You're not nice. You're you're definitely not fighting by yourself. However, I do not know if you can summon those guys in, if you can use a chit in pirate systems. I've never tried that. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, because there's no sentinel ships that in, in pirate systems. But, and it does seem so like that those are harder to get. That explains why 
I've never used one before because I'd never, ever answer that radio call. <laughs> oh, they're just talking shit. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Like, hey, you lowly scum, we heard you got stuff on your ship. Want to hand it over? And then they give you options. Like, you can barter with them. Like, why barter? If you're going to pay them, pay them. If not, shoot them. Yep. So, but yeah, it's it's always just some alien talking shit to you, telling you, you know, hand over your goods or we're going to blow you out of the sky. And then that just makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm never gonna bargain with them, so I never even open up the the uh, menu. So, yeah, use those shit things though. Those those are handy. I mean, unless you'd rather just sell them, but it's nice to have a little extra. Hand. They're about as useful as the squadron. Not gonna lie, they're not terribly <laughs> effective. Yeah, but I typically avoid handy. the squadron too because they just get in the way. They do have a habit of flying in front of you. Yeah. And so yeah. you're taking down their shields instead of the uh, the pirate. Oh, no, that's true. I was going to say, yeah, but you're not hurting them and they don't fight back. But yeah, you do take down their shield. Yeah. Uh, so what other shenanigans have you been up to in uh, Permadeath? I've got that maxed out. Well, I thought I had it maxed out. Now I'm going to try to throw a few uh, more augmentations into the cargo. Um, but like I just, I've just been flipping ships like pretty much constantly. That's all I've been doing. And I haven't spent so much time on the ground in a long time. And I just keep thinking to myself, it's like, I'm going to have this butt ugly hauler that I do not want when I'm done. And it's, it's, it's shining and white. It's very smooth. And I mean, it, it's got the kind of the same look as my guppy in permadeath, which is nice, but it's not what I wanted. I wanted a ship for pirating. And I got super frustrated. And I was what I was telling uh, Ali. It's like I sat and in systems, in three-star systems, waiting, looking at the haulers that come in. And not a single one was S-Class. And then one time I was like, you know what? The next S-Class that comes in, I'm buying it. And in comes this orange, I mean, orange <laughs> hauler with no wings. It's just the, it looks like a fish. <laughs> Those things are horrible. Yeah. It comes in just like wagging its ass as it comes down and lands and I scanned it and it said S class, 42 slots, blah, blah, blah. And I went, I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> and the, But the next one was that white one and it has the big claws on the sides of it that are kind of like a halo kind of thing going around it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and it's not bad, um, but it's called the Claws of the Moon. And I'm like, this is all right. This is pretty nice, actually. I'll, you know, start. And then they get it almost all the way maxed out. And then this really, like, raider-ish looking green one comes landing in. This hauler comes landing in with a big wing. It's got big wings on it, but not too big. It's got the spiky things coming out. You look at it, and it almost has the feel of uh, what Reavers would fly in Firefly. Mm. That's the kind of the look it has. And it's got this nice deep green to it. And then it's like parts of the chain paint is chipping off. I was like, this is my pirate ship. This is the one. So I bought it and it's just sitting in my freighter now because I'm messing with this hauler that I'm not going to keep. I'm actually going to turn around and sell it. And I just keep thinking to myself, I was like, man, introduce the ability to let us sell a ship to another player hmm. yeah, or, or give it away. You know, I would honestly just hand this ship off to a new player if I could. So I don't have to just scrap it for a hundred million and that's all I'm going to get back. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, you know, hard to, 
you know, unload a ship like that once you've, you know, put so much into it. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly frustration that that's the way it has to go. I can either trade it off, which I guess that's an option, but I can't have to trade it off for. You're going to, you lose all, because there isn't anything that'll fly in that'll be remotely close to that value. No. And you don't, you don't get, you don't get change. Um, you know, so if you're lucky and you find one that's, you know, 69 million and, you know, that one's worth, you know, 110, you're, you're, you're losing a big chunk of change. Yeah. I know my options are scrap it and I'm not getting anywhere near the worth out of it because the, the amount of augmentations that I put into it, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not getting that quality or that, that, that price back in units. No, Mm mm-mm. So it's it's really very frustrating, and it would be really cool if I could go up to a new player in the anomaly, you know, who looks like they just climbed off of their shitty first planet, and be like, "Here, here's the deed to this ship," and then I jump in my normal ship and fly away. Yeah, like that's what I would like to be able to do instead of, you know, this thing's just going to go in the trash, literally going in the trash yeah. of the game. <laughs> so, yeah, and anybody that anybody that is, uh, you know, you know, flipping ships, and you want to make some money, uh, make sure that you only put storage augmentations into the normal inventory slots, uh, because those are the only ones that will increase the value of the ship. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was saying. If you Everything put them all into cargo, it'll all be a waste. Or if you put them into technology, I'll be a waste. Yeah. Only do that if you're actually keeping the ship. Yep. Because that way you're going to need all the room in your normal slots and you're going to need the tech expanded. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's what I was saying before. It's like everything that I put into cargo is a waste. I mean, it's, I mean, in the end, it's not like I'm spending actual money here. It was just a little bit of time, and what the hell was I doing anyway? And I enjoy flipping the ships. So. Yeah, that's that. That's a fun thing in itself. Yeah. So it's like it's it's basically using what I was already going to do to test things out. Um, but yeah, it's it's just the end result. Like whether or not I can actually crash a market, that's you know that's fun. It's like oh well, I guess it didn't work. Now I have to just throw this ship away and not get the money back really that I put into it. And in the end, I would rather just give it away and not get a dime back at all. I would yeah. like, I'm I'm going to keep pushing for the ship system overhaul that we need so that we can actually properly sell ships and trade ships. I want to be able to go to a place where somebody actually flies around, buys ships, finds their ships and sells them on a lot. How much fun would that be? It's like <laughs> yeah. people use ship lot. Yeah. You know, there'd be people who would go out looking for ships that, and then just not share the coordinates. You know, mm-hmm. it's somebody who goes to like the 200th galaxy and that's where you get this one. Like, I'm not going there. And right. then they bring it back and they mark it up twice as much. Who gives a shit? I would pay that. Yeah. yeah so, and you'd want it to be a suborbital base. Yeah. Um, you know, with just all of these uh, landing pads all over it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one one side for ships, the other side for customers. Yes, and they got to oh, add like a suit. You need a suit for the people who are selling the ships inside. So when you walk in, they slap the hood and like this baby has everything. Yeah. That's what we need. <laughs> With a giant arrow. 
spinning it around, pointing me into the lot. Yeah, we need a geck doing that. That way he yeah. spins it so fast he flies away. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you land in the space, like the spacely, spacely sparkles. Um, oh my God, I forgot the name of it. The Jetsons theme starts playing when you land. Yeah. I, I need this. Yeah. This is put up a poster in the, uh, in the local space station, you know, letting people know, you know, where, which planet uh, atmosphere to go to. Yeah. No, if some, if I barely even visit the the exchange anymore, if they had people on there, it was like, come visit my car lot, not car lot, <laughs> but come visit my 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 ship ship shop here in this galaxy or whatever. Like, if you come visit this, I've got ships that you're not going to find anywhere else. And like, I see one that I want. Yeah, I'm going. Sure, I, that would give me a reason to start looking on there again because it would turn into ad space more than anything. But <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> like, I would. I would, I mean, I don't know if I, that's the thing is like, you need to go to the galaxy and then bring it back to me. If you want me to pay the premium price, like you're doing this. So I don't have to go there. You know, it's like, it's like one of those fresh boxes where you order food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be the hello fresh of, of ships. And I will <laughs> really, we, we do need an overhaul though, of the way that ships are handled. Cause it hasn't changed. We've got new ships and that's it. And I don't, I don't want to just scrap a ship that I don't like anymore. They gave us a larger ship inventory. Like you can have more. That's just, but that's just big. Like, right. That's just adding a storage chest to your, you know, the trunk got bigger. You know, I like it, but it's, that's not like, I don't even want to like design my own ship compared to this. It's like, I really want to be able to do more with a, a ship than just own it or scrap it. Those are the two options. And I don't want that. I mean, it's, it's fine, but it's like a, we have to dance around if we want to sell an exotic to somebody where you have to sell it to another like alien in a system and then they have to run over and buy it from that alien. And then I don't even think you get all of the storage slots on it. So I don't, it's just really annoying that we can't just like get ships and sell them to other people true yeah or even just um you know give us the original value of the ship and then give us back all of the storage augmentations we put into it yeah that would be awesome you wouldn't have enough inventory space though on your character Mm. yeah you definitely have to be prepared for it yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a lot that the augmentations that I put into the one that I've just finished. So if I got all of those back, plus all the crap that they give you instead of units, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, yeah, no, it would be a lot by the time you're done. Yeah. Modules. We're lucky they don't give us those back to us sometimes you've got it fully decked out with all those modules and then suddenly you get what 21 from the tech slots back or whatever and then however many you get in the regular slots if those all came back to you at once hmm. a lot of nanites though yeah well that's how they could refund it why don't we get a portion of nanites back when we scrap stuff like that mm. that, that would be nice yeah, that should... would be nice yep. I just I want to pay out of units and nanites and then you know if they have to give us 
parts to sell too. Like you get part of it as this, and then the rest is in stuff that you sell. That's fine too. But I want more options because it it really is the same thing it's been since launch. Am I wrong? Am I am I remembering a different time when there was more options to do things with the ships? No, I don't I mean, think all so. We had it's like we only had one ship for the longest, so you didn't want to scrap it. You couldn't scrap it. Right. So, but when they introduced the ability to have more than one ship, that was really all they gave us is like, you don't like this one? Scrap it. Or sell it. But then you never find anything that even comes close to the price. Yeah, no, if you've done any upgrades to it, it it quickly prices out of the market. Well, Jen, what have you been up to? Well, I haven't had a whole lot of time to play, so I decided today to be influenced by you guys. So I started a permadeath character this morning, and things were going well. I, I use past tense. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I, I was waiting. Okay. <laughs> things were going really well. It was a toxic planet, but everything I touched had uranium. Everything. Little pebbles had uranium. And I was like, this is going to be so sweet. So I got my ship together. Um, first, I I had like a hair left of um of health left in my my shield. A hair. I was just about to die looking for a cave, and I finally found one. Mm. Boom. Cave right there. And I'm like, yes. This must be the one blessed permadeath run that I have going. I can do this. So, um, and I thought, I'm, I'm doing it, you know? I'm not going to invest anything in it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to play it for today and see how far I get. And um, I got my ship all fixed up. Um, I, go, I go into space and I can't find the space station. There's no icon for one. And I'm like, seriously? They started me in a in a system with no space station. The hell is that? So I started flying around a little bit and I did notice it. Like I thought it was a moon. It was not. Mm. It was the space station. So I finally found it. Um and um I got to sell some stuff. I landed in the space station though, and um and what was there, a beautiful, you know how I like my hoppers, right? Mm-hmm. No way, all nice and plain, red and dark black. Ooh, nice. Hopper. And I'm like, oh, this is sweet. And then a hauler comes flying in, and it's pink and orange with no wings. It's like one of those fish ones that you hate, Baker, but I love. I could see it so- as soon as you said it. It's like a freaking tropical fish comes landing in there. I'm super excited and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to bookmark this system. I'm going to go. And I went down to the planet again because they had, they also had those little, um, you know, those tiny little phallic guys that jump around little ones. Real life or what do you mean? <laughs> in the game. So <laughs> They're like these like upside down mushrooms, right? Um, that's what I kind of call them, the upside down mushrooms, but they've got little tiny arms. So they're jumping up and down with their little arms flailing in the air. And I'm completely yeah. in love with 
them. I need a whole army of them. I decide. And, um, and I set up my house. I got a base. I found a great spot. That's just the opening of a cave. There are, I was, while I was going to the spot, boom, I discover a copper, um, a, a big copper deposit and then a cobalt deposit right beside it. I'm like, this is like the perfect planet for me. And I look at the clock and it's like five to seven. Okay, we're going to be going to seven. I got to get the ship. I got to get my ship and save. So I call my ship and it's not charged. So I can't get the ship over and I'm like, crap. It's like 500 you away. I can make it. But then a storm rolls in. So I start mole ratting, right? I tunnel my way and I'm just about to the ship and the floor goes out from under me because I tunneled right over a cave and I landed and the screen went black and I was like okay all right I got the podcast to do man that was <laughs> a ride back together Jen <laughs> and back in yeah it was a, it was a pretty epic day I feel like you just packed packed a whole lifetime of a character into that. (laughs) I totally did. Oh, yeah, it was a beautiful planet. It was the one that got away now. I'll never see that that pink and orange holler again. The tropical fish. And, you know, I think that is the saddest thing. It always is the saddest thing about a permadeath character dying is like, it's not really the character. It's, it's all the ships that you found that you probably did not take screenshots of where you found them. So you'll never get them back. Yeah. I should remember to, that's my lesson learned to screenshot everything. Yeah. But you never think about it because you, you, you know, you really, you never expect to die. You know it's no. a you know it's a possibility at every turn, but you don't expect it to happen. It's not like you're you know living every moment like okay I'm going to die in a second you know so I need to do this. Um, you know you're just you're running around you're doing your thing you're getting stuff done, um, and uh, you know then bam the inevitable happens. Yeah, it was a it was a really intense intense day a shocking end and then it ended with um a quote from lovecraft it said we live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of the infinity and it was not and it was not meant that we should voyage far and i was like oh (laughs) sounds like chicken shit to me go to the show now (laughs) <laughs> Lovecraft sounds like a coward to me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but Ray, you were talking about you were you were talking about things you're finding and the the frozen planets and stuff. And I was just uh, thinking, I'm gonna start another permadeath, and I think that I am now. I'm just not as scared of it anymore. Like if I die, I die. I just. I just don't want to invest all this time into it and then 
be disappointed, but it's like a, yeah, I don't know. Fortunately, the, the curve, you know, is pretty good as far as <clears throat> the, you know, when you really start getting, you know, in, invested in the, in that, uh, in that save, you know, you get, you know, 20 hours in and, and, you know, you're really starting to, uh, you know, get somewhere, you know, you're, you're also, you know, be making, you're getting it. So your character is harder and harder to kill. Mm, yeah. And so there's, there's nothing as tentative as the very beginning of the, of a permadeath uh, play. And so, you know, it's it's good that we aren't any more attached to it than we are, you know, when you've got, you know, a half an hour or an hour into it, um, you know, and you fall off the side of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did enter a pirate battle, though. Cool. I, yeah, and I won. It wasn't that hard. It was like I was totally bracing myself to die then. And I didn't. I explored some other planets, didn't die then. Died going back to my ship. Yeah, you gotta like... kill those. Gotta keep that lunch thruster yeah. filled. <laughs> totally. I just especially didn't... since you were on a planet with uranium. Everywhere, I was surrounded yeah. by pockets. Were full of it. Trip on a rock and it falls out of my pockets. There's so much of it. Oh. Water, water everywhere. Yep. That does seem to be the way that it goes. Yep. I think when you start out, your ship is a little bit more resilient to damage than you are. Yeah. yeah. So it's I mean, it's a lot easier to die on foot. Yep. Um, but even when you get like you're fully maxed out, it's a lot harder to die. But you it, you can still fall off a shit die <laughs> if you don't time it right mm -hmm. or if you glitch through the ground. Like you can... Oh, you yeah. can die in permadeath with a maxed out character easily. You yeah. Because yeah. I fell off of uh, just a cliff and I didn't, like, I thought I was going to make it, but I didn't quite make it. And I didn't hit the boost just before I hit the ground in time. And I took, it took my shields all the way down and took off about half my health. And I was like, man, that's, that's rough. If I hadn't had every single shield on, I'd probably be dead. So right. I always throw, I always keep on, I max out shield and, um, what was it? What is that called? Life support. Life support. Thank you. Um, yeah, I try to keep all of that stuff as many S class modules as I can hold when it comes to those things. And then with the elements like, uh, toxic protection and stuff like that, I only just do one of each. If you've got an S class one, they drain so slowly. And nothing is going to hurt you except for tornadoes, and they will hurt you badly. I feel like that run from from starting to your ship is like a polar bear swim. Do you know what a polar bear swim is? is Where they go out and jump in the ice water? Yeah, when people like in in the winter time, it'll be like a New Year's thing, New Year's Day, and they go out in like their bathing suits in Canadian winter and <laughs> jump into the icy, icy water. And you're like, 
you know, you're like running, right? Because you're in nothing. And like, you know, January first. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's I. That's what I feel like when I'm running. Like, am I gonna make it? Are my bits gonna freeze off? <laughs> am I gonna get frostbite on my toes before I get to the ship? Can't feel your geck nips. Can't feel my geck nips anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is kind of like that. That's why you gotta look for the caves. Yeah. I do find it strange that there's no, like whatever element is outside, it's not in a cave. So it's like uh, outside air is all ammonia, but inside you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally fine. Or you find like, you find like a, an outcropping. Yeah. Like yeah. It doesn't even have to be a full on cave as long as there's an overhang. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I gotta tell you, I did a little bit of caving when I was younger and it's the exact same atmosphere that we have outside of caves as inside. So it makes no sense that you have toxic protection for being inside of a cave. <laughs> I just don't understand that. Um, but it, it would suck if there was no place to go. Like, honestly, if there was no caves, a lot of you just would not make it a lot of times. Yeah. Because I've run across some surfaces where I couldn't find sodium. I couldn't find oxygen. Nothing seemed to be useful anywhere. <clears throat> and I just I just died. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the planets that I started on, it had, you know, carbon out the yin-yang, but no ferrite. And so I wasn't able to get my my scanner repaired to be able to even look for sodium. And uh, frustrating. So, yeah, without without a cave, it's, it's really hard to to make a go of it. And there's definitely a lot of planets that you start on that don't have caves. Or they're not obvious. I had one planet that, um, the, the, there were no like surface cave openings. It was all just holes in the ground. And so, you know, if, if you found a hole, you could drop in and you're inside the cave, but you know, there wasn't any, you know, there were no walkout basements. I kept seeing, I, I had one and it was, um, every time I looked at, I, I found, I thought I found a cave opening. It was like a sand dune. Yeah, it was God. a dent and it wasn't so even annoying. enough to stop it. And I was like, oh no. So I ran to the next one. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, it's It's like, yeah, I didn't like you anyway. (laughs) I'm restarting. (laughs) I like when you find a cliff that's got just enough of a lip over the top where you run up and smush your body against it. And that's enough to do it, but you Mm -hmm. can't move from that spot. Right. (laughs) So you have to use camera mode to find your next direction. Yeah, it's good stuff. These planets sometimes just suck. Yeah. But that's what makes it so much fun. No, yeah. I'm. Pro- Here's the next challenge for Ray: the no cave, no digging challenge. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh no! Here's a no a time run challenge. Can Ray get to his radiant pillar in under two hours? <laughs> yeah, so that I can definitely do because I. That's what I. I realized, you know. So the first couple of runs that I made on this. Um, 
you know, I did. I spent a lot of time, you know, going in. I had a million million dollars worth of uh, cobalt, and you know, I you know was stacked to the gills with uh, with albumin pearls, and you know, I was I was ready to go, <clears throat> and uh, you know, then on the run to the uh, to the hermetic seal, I died. And then I realized, you know what? I really don't need all that stuff to get this thing going. Um, so the next, the next couple of ones that I did, I had, I did them. You know, I was, I was off the planet in less than a half hour. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really like, like, like I said before, the learning curve is the hardest part because once you know what you need, and once you clued me into the fact that you don't have to brave that storm. After you go to get the hermetic seal, you just wait mm-hmm. for the storm to pass and then go. It's like, it's so much, it's so fast to just get off the ground. And it, but it also has kind of ruined the beginning part of it. Cause that was my favorite part forever. I forgot that bit of advice. That's why I need oh. you. I need you the, guys. For the day that reason. I remember the day he said that on the podcast and I was like, I just remember sitting there staring at the screen and thinking, holy shit, years of me doing this. So many permadeath characters that I've been like, oh, God, I'm not going to make it. And then I get there just in time to jump inside a building or something. So harrowing. And all I had to do was just go back to my ship and wait and read a comic book or something. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing. The game is really only as hard as we make it on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of make it hard for myself sometimes as we've seen from the last <laughs> expedition yeah well and you know it's kind of the way i live my life so it's it's, it's, it's my way of my way of uh amping up the difficulty level my way to amp up the difficulty level is to forget all kinds of stuff and then i hadn't <laughs> been to I, I hadn't been to, or I hadn't flown the Radiant Pillar since, I think, like, my, the main character I have now, because everything else has been expeditions. You always end up with a different ship. You yeah. start with a different expedition. Yeah. So I forgot what it was like to fly the Radiant Pillar. <laughs> and rockets yeah. on there. And I'm like, you got rockets on the Radiant Pillar? Yeah, pretty excited about doing that again yeah it 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 is it's a clunky ship to fly but it's a fierce ship to fight with cute it's got that little snub nose on it i like it yeah i just don't like the you know the, the at the very beginning you only get two takeoffs per set of launch fuel so me too ray me too Oh, you don't like that? What we need to do is land on a place that's got a lot of uranium. Oh, God. Then, yeah, if you were on a planet that had a lot of uranium, you'd be set. Your your launch you thrusters gotta, would never be empty. Right. Like, you could walk away from your ship and not even have to worry about that shit. Like, your character would not die from having to trudge back with pockets full of the very element you should have loaded into your launch thruster. It physically hurts, guys. Like, I'm... <laughs> Physically writhing over here. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I think we've inflicted enough damage on poor Pantagrelia. <laughs> but that's how you die in permadeath. We've said this many times. You, It's always a dumbass reason for dying in permadeath. Oh, it's uh, always stupid. Yeah. It's, it's never because you were pulling off this tricky bank heist and getting like you're hanging from a wire above the Atlas and you're getting ready to steal her memory chip or whatever. It's not like that. You fall off a hill. <laughs> you trip and you slam your face yeah, into you a rock. Stub your toe on a rock and fall down the side of the mountain. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that, folks, we will catch you in the next episode. You know how you can tell when you're in a pirate system? All the ships are seas. Arg. Arg. I'm I'm gonna end with a quote on from one of the death screens from Albert Einstein, and I think this applies to the last thing you said, Baker. Two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity, and I'm not sure about the universe. See you in space! Thank you for listening to this edition of The Butcher, Baker, and Candlemaker in Space. Find more information about the show on Twitter at BBCISSS or ASAPodcasting.com. Butcher the best.